we're at that time of year now. Uh, it's time to figure out what the heck I'm gonna do for the next six months. You got Harvey Subtle. I'm Jackson Harvey. What? A Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56. It definitely lived up to everything I thought it would live up to. It was fantastic. Great football. The Los Angeles Rams coming out and beating the Cincinnati Bengals 23 to 20. It had lead changes. It had some drama. It had Cooper Cup. Not as much Jamar Chase as uh, I thought it would have, but it had heartbreak and it had everything that we wanted in Super Bowl 56. Uh, this is uh, pretty much, if you, if you didn't listen last year, this is an unscripted episode. I, I don't have anything. I have stats written down. I have maybe three to six talking points, but I don't have any script ready. I don't have anything really to talk about. I just want to talk about my reaction to the game, what I think happened, um, some of your reactions and some of the general reactions I've seen around social media. Uh, and I just want to talk about it, maybe squash some of it, maybe enhance some of the arguments that you have um, and just get my general reaction on the Super Bowl, on my predictions that I made last week. Um, if you haven't already, go check out that Super Bowl pre preview that I did last week, um, as well as follow me on social media. We're on Instagram, at Harvey's Huddle. We're on Twitter. That's probably the more active uh, social media that we have, at Harvey's underscore Huddle. We're on Facebook, too. All of those links are in the episode description, so go check those out. Uh, let's start off with talking about the Cincinnati Bengals stats lines. I mean, Joe Burrow, he came out, and he... Let's be honest. He looked kind of shaky in the first half. Throughout the throughout a lot of the game, he looked kind of shaky, but especially that first quarter, he looked rough. He missed a couple of wide-open throws, including the one that I can remember vividly. Vividly is Joe Mixon gets behind the second level of coverage, and it looks like he has at least 40 yards in front of him. Like I, I think he would have been really close to taking it to the house, but Burrow just overthrows him by at least five yards. Something that I haven't seen Burrow do very often in the regular season, and especially throughout these playoffs. Uh, but he ended 22 of 33, so only missing 11 passes, which isn't too bad. 263 yards and one solitary touchdown, uh, which was kind of a fluke in my opinion. I mean, you look at official mistakes, and that's one of the topics we'll talk about. I think the officiating was generally okay, generally fine, um, which is contrary to popular opinion right now, but you win some, you lose some, and the Bengals won some at the start of the second half and got that 75-yard touchdown to Higgins, which kind of boosted Burrow's stats a little bit, in my opinion. I think without that play, when you take that outlier out, he has under 200 yards and no touchdowns thrown, which isn't too great out of your starting quarterback in the biggest game of his life. Joe Mixon, he had 15 carries, 72 yards, and a passing touchdown in the first half, which was a fantastic play, fantastic play call. Uh, D. Higgins had four catches on seven targets, 100 yards, and two touchdowns. And Jamar Chase had five catches on eight targets for 89 yards. Now, the L.A. Rams, Matt Stafford threw 26 for 40, 283 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. I, 
if there's one wish list that I had for the NFL and for basic NFL statistics in specifics, um, it's changed the way interceptions are tallied. Because in in all honesty, Matt Stafford had one interception. That one interception was the throw, the deep throw to Van Jefferson um, that was underthrown and picked off in the end zone. I think that was his fault. That was an interception on Stafford, but the second interception off of what's-his-name's, uh, the guy, the replacement for Odell Beckham Jr., off of his hands, that's not Stafford's fault. That is not an interception by Stafford. That's an interception by the wideout. So I think they should split that up. Um, it would be hard to like gauge which one because there's there's some questionable calls or questionable borderline situations where you could say it's the quarterback's fault and it went off of a receiver's hands or it was a high pass. So it was obviously a more difficult catch. So that's the quarterback's fault. Anyways, you can iron that out. I'm I'm not the one. I'm just I'm just giving you the idea. I'm not the one making the rule. You figure it out, NFL. But figure out a way to make wide receivers be accountable for those kinds of plays. Anyways, Cam Akers, 13 carries for 21 yards. Talk about awful, terrible running game for the LA Rams in this game. Cooper Cup, he had eight catches on 10 targets, 92 yards, and two tutties. Odell Beckham Jr. went two for three. Two catches on three targets, 52 yards and a touchdown. Oh, that was that was just the first quarter, by the way, <laughs> uh, before he went down with injury, and that's the only reason why he dropped that third target. Defense for the Rams had seven sacks. Aaron Donald had two sacks. Von Miller had two sacks. They also had 11 quarterback hits. Defense for the Bengals, two interceptions. They had great rushing defense throughout the entire game. All but stifled, no, they stifled the Rams running game. Uh, and they also recorded two sacks on Matt Stafford. And, you know, one of the things that I want to just mention is NBC, they've been doing NFL reporting and NFL broadcasting for years. I am very disappointed with them. Um, and there's one reason. And Evan McPherson has worked his tail off all season long. He went a perfect 14 for 14 in the NFL playoffs. And he ties uh, he ties a record for the most field goals made in a single postseason in NFL history. He, he ties it with some, some guy named Adam Vinatieri. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, probably unequivocally one of the all-time numbered he's either number one or number two in terms of kicking in the NFL this rookie ties a record set by Adam freaking Vinatieri and you know what NBC does you know what Chris Collinsworth and Al Michaels do nothing he gets a little bar below his infographic as he's warming up to potentially kick a tying field goal at the end of the game. That's all he got. That's all he got from the NBC broadcasting crew. No mention of it. No excitement at all. That's it. Evan McPherson, if you by some chance listen to this, you were absolutely freaking robbed of that moment, in my opinion. And... 
McPherson deserved some sort of recognition on air. Some sort of this kid, this rookie has come in and done something that one of the all-time greats, if not the all-time great Hall of Famer Adam Vinatieri did in a single postseason. And Vinatieri missed a couple field goals in that that, uh, playoff run. Evan McPherson didn't miss. He went a perfect 14 for 14. Give that kid some credit where it's due. Because he played phenomenally. He did a great job. And he got to enjoy a halftime show. Like, props props to that kid. He did awesome. So, give credit where credit is due. Uh, it just it ticks me off. This kid just... He did so great. And NBC just kind of... Not kind of dropped the ball. They really dropped the ball on that. Uh, let's talk about some talking points by the Bengals' sides of things. First of all, I want to just squash this whole refs through the game away... The officiating was fine. The officiating was fine. And that's taking into account everything. I think a lot of people have said, oh, the refs let them play until the last two minutes of the game. I don't think so. I think it was a relatively clean game. There weren't a ton of replays where you saw a replay and you said, oh, the refs missed that call. Or, oh, that happened. Maybe you had a Jalen Ramsey tug on, I believe it was either Tyler Boyd or T. Higgins. Um, close to the goal line. You had a, you had him grabbing a little jersey there, um, and the officials missed it. You had the face mask on Jalen Ramsey um, for that long 75-yard touchdown officials missed. Those are the only two real calls outside of those two minutes that I can think of that they missed. People have been showing a picture of Aaron Donald lining up offside in the first quarter. Um, it looked like he readjusted before the play started because I've seen a different camera angle of the same play, and he looked perfectly fine. So it looked like it was just a camera angle on that. Uh, so you can quiet about that. I, Donald was offside, and if anything, it's in the first freaking quarter. Like, let's Let's calm down a little bit on that one. It's a five-yard penalty at most, but um, that, that's maybe, maybe three penalties that could have been called that they missed. There wasn't any penalties called, I think, that could have been or was like an outrageous call. Now, you may be thinking that Wilson penalty in the two minutes, that was a call that should not have been made. I think, and in my completely unbiased opinion... That penalty called was it was borderline. It was one of those. It was one of those. If it was, it's one of those like touchdown situations where call on the field stance. Like it's it's what the referee saw on the field. We don't have any other evidence to like overturn it. There is a tug. There is a turning of the hips, and the ref threw the flag. The ref threw the flag. There's a tugging of the hips. If you if you. If you kind of look side by side on that Jalen Ramsey play that I talked about that he missed where he had a a little bit of the jersey and pulled out there um, and you had that side by side with that Wilson penalty, I think you would see that Wilson turns cup whereas Ramsey kind of just uses the jersey to get closer to Higgins or Boyd. For the life of me, I can't remember who it was, but... It was one of those two. Um, And I think that might have been where 
Because that's 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 what the referees look for. Is they look for that turning of the hips. They look for the defender doing something to the receiver to alter the receiver's positioning, right? Whereas Ramsey kind of used that little bit of tugging that he had to get closer to the receiver. He didn't really use it to stop the positioning. Because if he had tugged a little harder and pulled the receiver back, that's going to get called every time, but he did it so subtly where he pulled himself to the receiver. Whereas Wilson, he turned, he made a slight alteration. Now I, I would be fine if they didn't call that penalty, right? That penalty not being called is fine. And the penalty being called is fine. I think it's up to the referee's discretion at that point, And he saw it. And I think, I think if that happened at the 50 yard line, it probably isn't called, but because everything's so compact and the referee's right there, uh, it gets called because he sees the defender altering the position of the wide receiver. Now, the hit on Cooper Cup in the back of the end zone, another kind of iffy call in my opinion. Um, if anything, that's a 10-yard penalty back, back 10 yards for the Rams because they had a holding penalty. And... They just get more room to operate, and it's still a first down, right? It's going to be first and first and goal at the 19-yard line still. So I don't think that that had as big of an impact that hit that unnecessary roughness penalty on the Cooper Cup hit in the back of the end zone. I don't think that had as much influence as the Wilson penalty did. Now, Eli Apple's penalty... If you're telling me that Eli Apple did not interfere with Cooper Cup on that play, then you are completely either biased or blind. Like, that that was a penalty. Through and through, Eli Apple's penalty called every time, especially in the corner of the end zone. My issue is, I think the officiating was fine. Was it great? I wouldn't say it was great. Was it okay? I'd say it was okay. It was good. They did a good job. It was a very clean game, in my opinion, played by both teams. There was there was never a time where I said, oh, the refs missed a holding penalty, or oh, they missed a false start penalty, because I don't think they did. A lot of people think they missed a false start penalty on uh, one of those plays in the red zone, but I don't think they did, in my honest opinion. Officiating was fine. If you want to try to find a reason why the Bengals lost let's look at why Joe Mixon was on the sideline the Bengals had a minute and a half to work with three touchdowns or three touchdowns three timeouts to drive down the field and score a field goal now mind you Evan McPherson you pass a 50 yard line and you got a field goal in your hands right they had to pass midfield and the last two plays of their season, third down and fourth and one, you have arguably your best player of the day, Joe Mixon, on the sideline? What? Like, let's look at that as a reason why he lost this game. Because you get a first down there, and you're on, like, the... I think you're close to the 50 there, because Jamar Chase took it 30... close to 30 yards on that first play of that drive. Like, he turned on the afterburners and and got upfield. Why is uh I'm probably going to butcher his last name. Why is Perrine 
Perrine or whatever. Why is he there? Why didn't he make an attempt to make that catch? Because Joe Burrow put it in an excellent spot. Why aren't you diving to make that catch? Why aren't you do, doing something to catch the football on fourth and one? Why isn't Joe Mixon out there on fourth and one? You've been rushing like crazy. He had 15 carries, 72 yards. You need one yard to get a first down and to keep on driving down the field to tie the game up and send this game into overtime with Shooter McPherson warming his leg up and you have Joe Mixon on the sideline. I'm sorry, officiating did not lose this game. Did not lose this game. And if you say officiating lost this game, then you should say officiating also put you in a position to win that game with the face mask on Jalen Ramsey. Honestly, if you are going to say officiating at the end of this game lost you and lost the Bengals that game, then just as equally officiating put Bengals in a situation to win that game. Right? And so let's look at the play. Let's look at the the Joe Mixon on the sideline with the season on the line. Let's look at Joe Burrow getting sacked on that final play where Jamar Chase had all but buried Jalen Ramsey in the ground, wide open for a touchdown, and he didn't have time to scan the field properly and make that throw. Like, let's talk about the offensive line giving up seven sacks, most of those in the second half. That's the reason why you lost the game, not because of officiating, but because of a few issues, including those personnel issues and including the offensive line that we talked about all week long. That's the reason why you lost the game. Burrow was hit 11 times, 11 quarterback hits by the Rams defense, sacked seven times. That is not a situation, especially with the personnel on the Rams and in that secondary. That's not a situation you want to put your quarterback in. Let's talk about the Rams. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. was on route to an MVP. I am not afraid to say that. Odell Beckham Jr. was ready to win Super Bowl MVP in his first appearance there. He had three targets. He would have had three catches if he didn't tear his ACL, which I I really hope he can come back. Um, if, if I'm the Rams... And it sounds kind of morbid, but I'm looking at this situation where Odell hurt himself in the Super Bowl, um, tore his the same ACL that he tore months ago, and I'm saying, oh, he's a free agent. Like this is good news for me. He might take a pay cut, and other teams might not be interested because he's injured the same knee twice now. There's another receiver, an older, an older, whatever, another receiver. By the name of Cooper Cup, who had a few injury issues, especially in his knees. And the Rams continued on with him. And look at where he is now. Cooper Cup was fan-freaking-tastic. Um, you know what wasn't fantastic, though? The rushing game. Wow. Wow. On both sides of the ball. I, I said, and one of my main questions in my Super Bowl preview was... Will the Rams' run game be effective on offense and defense? And let me tell you, the answer to that was a loud, bolded, capitalized no. It was awful. I said Joe Mixon was only going to run for 47 yards. He ran for 72 yards. I said Akers was going to run for 124 yards. He didn't even get to 24 yards. It was 
it was bad. It was bad. Um, and the thing about it though, and the funny part about it is acres acres had like a seven or eight yard run on that final drive of the game. Um, that kind of padded his stats in a way. And as crazy as it sounds, Sean McVay stuck with the run as much as I vehemently opposed him doing so. And in a crucial moment where they needed a good run, it came through <laughs> and somehow, some way it worked. And I think that's because of sheer luck, honestly, because that rushing game was just terrible. Cam Akers didn't do a great job. The offensive line, for some reason, just couldn't run block. It was, it was, it was terrible, terrible to watch. But the main thing, or no, let me, let me not talk about that yet. I want to talk about Jalen Ramsey. Um, I'm all for Jalen Ramsey. I, I'm not bitter that he left my favorite team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not bitter at all. I think he's a fantastic player, but holy cow. He was he was getting smoked by Jamar Chase. You saw that last play of the game. If you haven't, I'll tweet it out. Go check it out on Twitter. But that there's a picture of him on the ground on that last play as Aaron Donald is wrapping up Joe Burrow. Like Ramsey was on the ground and Chase was wide open. And you saw the one catch by Chase where Ramsey just got beat. And Ramsey got beat a few times in this game. And I I wanna say I wanna say that Ramsey's the best cornerback in the league, and I think he is in a way, but I hope this isn't a beginning of a regression where when he, where his man-to-man coverage is starting to regress. And it looked that way in the Super Bowl because he was getting burnt. And it was it was bad. And so if I'm the Rams, I'm trying to look at that and trying to figure out a way to boost his confidence a little bit, which I know Jalen Ramsey is he is not short on confidence, but man, that was a bad, bad, bad showing by the Rams cornerback. But the Rams quarterback came out and he he didn't ball out. I wouldn't say like, whoa, that was a that was a Kobe Bryant's final game esque game for Matthew Stafford. But let me tell you, Matt Stafford is that guy, and he's the guy that I've known he has been on Detroit and throughout his entire career. He is a clutch player who needed an actual team around him. And you might say, oh, he needed a superstar team to come out and. And win the Super Bowl. The guy lost OBJ. The guy was down to his fifth string tight end because the fourth string tight end that started the game hurt his shoulder and couldn't play the rest of the game. His running game was ineffective. Defensive line and the defensive front of the Bengals was giving pressure all day long. Matt Stafford still found a way to find Cooper Cup, his main guy and to make plays. And even on that final drive, he still trusted Van Jefferson. He still trusted the fifth string or tight end that was out there. He still trusted the guys around him to make plays. And he still found a way to find Cooper Cup, to find his playmaker, and to get that ball into the end zone. He took over 
with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. And I said to myself, this is where he's going to drive down and he's going to win this game for the Rams. And he did. And why are we surprised? He did it against the 49ers. He did it against the Buccaneers. And he smoked the Cardinals. This has been a dominant playoff run by Matt Stafford. In his first year as a Ram, he's come out and he put together four, dare I say, perfect games. I know he threw two interceptions in the last last one. I know he threw a bad interception against Tampa Bay. He put together four perfect games. He put together four wins against teams that he shouldn't have won against, against teams that everyone counted him out against. Everyone wanted to throw it onto the 49ers. Now, yes, the 49ers dropped a interception with minutes to go in the fourth quarter that would have ended the game most likely. Yes, they did. Is that Matt Stafford's fault that they dropped the interception? He he could have very well taken that and been like, hey. Uh, he could have been very intimidated by that and said, hey, you know what? I, I don't got it. And could have just screwed the whole season up after that almost near devastating mistake but he came out again right after that play and kept making plays to win the NFC Championship game he did the same thing in this game here comes out in the second half throws an interception off the hands of his receiver on the first offensive play of the second half after the Bengals just scored a 75 yard touchdown and he stayed calm he stayed cool he stayed collected He went down, they got a field goal to keep it close. And then when they needed it most, because he knew his defense was going to keep him at 20 points, he knew his defense was going to stay strong. He tried to drive down the field. And when he got the ball back, five minutes left in the fourth quarter, he took over. Now, would I say he's a Hall of Famer? I'd say he's close. I'd say it's hard to say, oh, the guy made one playoff run. And he's a Hall of Famer. I, I do agree in that sense. I don't know if you've seen Richard Sherman, but he's been going off about how the Hall of Fame requirements are very slack now. And you basically just have to win a Super Bowl ring to be a Hall of Famer. And I do agree that they are getting low in their qualifications for a gold jacket. I think Matt Stafford needs one more playoff run. He needs one more playoff run, and I don't even think he necessarily needs to win the Super Bowl. Although, if he wins another Super Bowl, Hall of Fame. If he wins another Super Bowl, he has more Super Bowls than Aaron Rodgers, and everyone agrees that Aaron Rodgers is a Hall of Famer. If he is able to take the Rams and win another Super Bowl, Matt Stafford is a guaranteed Hall of Famer. Right now, I think there's a good chance he could be a Hall of Famer, but I don't think it's guaranteed just yet. Uh, I know he's close to being in top 10 of each and every passing category, but I do agree with Richard Sherman where he says that's the NFL nowadays. Like It's a pass-heavy league. Of course he's going to be top 10 because it's the era he plays in. He needs to make another clutch playoff run, and then he's a guaranteed Hall of Famer in my books. All in all... This was a fantastic football game. This was a fantastic Super Bowl. And if you're upset about the outcome because you're a fan of uh, the Bengals, 
I I just let's just revel in the fact that this was a fantastic game. Um, my other thing is the Rams were built to win this game in 2022. They were built for instant gratification, instant success. We aren't done seeing the Bengals. The Bengals are set up for years to come, and I'm excited to see what the Cincinnati Bengals will be able to do as they continue to grow. Like Jamar Chase is only going to get better. His connection with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and C.J. Uzama and Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor, it's only going to get stronger. This offensive line, because they, they're set. They're set at running back for the next five, six, seven, eight, nine years. Joe Mixon's not an old running back. He's not old. They're set with him. He's going to be a bangle for a while. They're set with the wide receiver position. They're set with quarterback. Now they have the entire offseason to say, what was our biggest glaring um, weakness in this offense? Our offensive line. Let's go try to figure out who to draft in the off in, in the offseason at offensive line. Let's go look at free agency. Let's try to bolster that position a little bit. Because if they do that, oh, look out. If Joe Burrow has time in that game at the final game at the final play of that game, we're talking about the Bengals winning their first Super Bowl ever. Right? If he has time to throw the football, even if he has three less sacks in that game, I think the Bengals win this one. So go and fix your offensive line, figure it all out, and they'll be back soon. Mark my words. Great game, fantastic time watching it. Um, my prediction was 24-23 for the Rams on a missed McPherson uh, field goal to win the game. I said the Rams would manage six sacks. They got seven. Pretty good. Uh, I said McPherson, McPherson was going to earn the record and be the sole holder of it. He wasn't. And, you know, we talked about the quarterbacks and the running backs already, so... Fantastic game. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. I want to hear what you guys had to think about the game, um, what you hear about my opinions about what happened on the game. Hit me up. We're on Instagram, at Harvey's Huddle, at Harvey's underscore Huddle on Twitter. All of that information, all the links to our pages are in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, not really sure what the schedule is going to look like for episodes in the off season. We're going to be taking taking a look at free agency and the draft in the weeks to come. It might be on a tentatively a bi-weekly basis, but we'll see what happens. Uh, stay tuned on social media. I'll give you the schedule on that. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a fantastic season. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for everyone in the U.S., Canada. We got a frequent listener in germany we got some listeners in israel and india thank you so much for you all listening for this 2021 2022 season this has been harvey's huddle i'm jackson harvey take care